Welcome back, everyone, to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. This is episode 12. I am here joined with uh, Marcus Keller. How's it going, everybody? And as always, Tyler Erlinson. Yo, yo, yo. So this week, we've got some pretty exciting topics we're going to dive into. Of course, we're in the third round of the playoffs. Um, when this episode goes live, we will know whether or not there will be a Game 7 in the Montreal Vegas series, but we do know there will be a Game 7 in the Lightning and Islanders series. So before we get into any of those topics, let's start this week with our fake sponsor of the week. Take it away, Marcus. Yeah, of course. Uh, every week we start our episode with a fake sponsor. This is a placeholder for a real sponsor, which we think we will be able to get one day. Uh, for any sponsorship inquiries, feel free to contact us at vancouverboyshockey at gmail.com. Or you can always reach out to us on Instagram at vancouverboyspodcast or on TikTok with the same handle. Today's episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast is brought to you by the Kia Soul. Much like the Islanders and Canadians rosters, they shouldn't work, yet you still see them on the road. <laughs> Kia, success in its ugliest form. <laughs> Dude, that is hilarious. That's an okay one, right? Dude, where do you come up with this stuff? Honestly, this is the funny thing. I was at home today, like, panicking. I'm like, I don't have a fake sponsor. And I kept thinking about the Canadians and Isles that, like... Everyone keeps saying they're really boring and not fun to watch, but like they're around anyway. It doesn't matter what you think of them. So I was trying to think, I'm like, what's something that bothers me that exists still? I'm like, all oh, right, the Kia Soul. Yeah. And then just thought about how ugly it is. On the road. That's so funny. <laughs> That's a great one. Though. Glad you guys liked it. Again, Kia, feel free to pay us to not slander you anymore that should be a note to any other potential sponsors is we will not slander you this is just blackmail until people give us what they want dodge um, dodge yeah we've gone through dodge and yeah. now kia ford watch out yeah, right. ford you're next yeah and ford there's a lot of material there so watch your backs um as always, we will start this week's episode with some Canucks news. Uh, this week, the Sedins were hired uh, as advisors to the general manager. Uh, what is the opinion on these two being uh, led into, being brought into the Canucks organization? Well, this is about what was expected when they were rumored to join, was that they were going to be kind of not quite an honorary position, but definitely lower down in the food chain where they're going to learn from the ground up and maybe eventually take over in a president or general manager type position. But for now, it seems like they're going to be not only working with the Canucks, but also with the Abbotsford farm team, with the scouts, with the PR departments, really just learning the daily operations of an NHL organization and uh, hopefully one day being able to take over in a larger role. And I, I'm excited for it. I, I think they are two people that have proven that they can do anything they really put their minds to before the Stanley Cup Finals. Especially if it involves exercise. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Those guys still outbike the guys that are on the current roster, and they're in their 40s and have not played a game in, man, that's got to be three, four years now. Do we think that this hiring is kind of along the same lines as Trevor Linden? Do we think that they they will fulfill the same uh, roles that he did when they, when he was involved with the organization? And do we think that their hiring has the same kind of longevity that his was supposed to have, but obviously ended up being terminated early? I think at the end of the day, the Sadine hiring is just the Aquilini's trying to save face because there's a lot of people wanting them out. The Linden hiring was kind of the same thing, and as soon as he wanted to go off on his own and do kind of his own... Thing. They were like, yeah, no, see you later. I can definitely see them sticking around longer because they won't have as much say as Lyndon did when uh, when he was taking control and they won't be put in a position of as much power. But uh, I do really like the signing and I'm glad to see that they're back with the Canucks in some sort of role. So it'll be exciting. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, the, the idea with hiring Lyndon was really that he was a face that the fan base trusted. He was someone that when they put him at an almost equal level to Benning, you know, if people had a problem with the signing Benning made and Linden would defend it, the fan, the fans trusted Linden. So when he would defend Benning, you'd go, okay, 
Lyndon is in agreement with this guy. They, they know what's going on. They have a mutual plan. But the scary thing for fans was when Lyndon disagreed with Benning that Lyndon was just told to get out. And yeah, I worry that the Sedins could be a similar fate, that the Aquilinis just hired people that they know the fan base is in love with and that the fan base will trust. But I also worry about that, that if there comes a day where the Sedins say, hey, you know, we disagree with the way things are going on here, that the Aquilinis will also tell them to get lost. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But uh, that that's what I see happening. There was other uh, Canucks news this week, too. Uh, chatter about Alex Edler coming back. There was some chatter. There was. Um, I would not mind seeing him come back, honestly. And that might surprise some people that know me because I, I've ragged on him a lot. But when you look at our defensive depth, there's not much there. I would bring him back on a one-by-one -one contract. I, I really hope that Benning by now has learned his lesson about veteran depth. He cannot pay the amount of money he has been paying veteran players. Edler is no longer a top pairing defenseman and he shouldn't be paid as such. This should be a one-by-one -one contract. And if I'm Jim Benning and he demands more than that, I would let him walk. Six by six. Oh baby. my. <laughs> six no. by six. Wasn't his last contract like a six by two? I think? Yeah. Six mil for two years. Yeah. yeah. And and that was fine. At the time he signed it, I was okay with it. I, I was still, not. I still thought it was yeah, a no. bit steep, but if they can get him on one-by-one one for next year, I'll, I'll be happy with it. If they go anywhere even near the two mil mark, I'm going to be pretty upset. It was three and a half million dollars too steep for those two years. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I would like to have him back, but definitely no more than a million, million and a half. Yeah. Like, hopefully he's like, I'll come back on a team-friendly deal. I want to stay in Vancouver. But if he wants more than that, yeah, you got to let him walk. Yeah, like I mentioned before, players who play here love it here, and they mm -hmm. want to stay here. And I think that's going to be a big... Uh, attraction for him to want to come back on a cheap deal or a, a team friendly deal as they call it yeah he's raised his family here he actually met his wife here in vancouver so i i think he has no motivation to leave and if i'm benning i'm doing the smart thing and i'm using that to negotiate with him i'll kidnap your kids <laughs> <laughs> okay. if you don't sign a you one by one your, <laughs> you ever want to see your family again you'll sign this cheap dirt cheap contract for me yeah. make me look good <laughs> you know what? You pay us to play. Come exactly, on. yeah. Man, An under-the-table deal. <laughs> when the standard for making you look good is bringing back Alex Edler at 35 <laughs> years old, how low is the bar? Yeah. Well, considering you lost Tanev. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm more okay with that, but conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah. Six months ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's keep the train rolling. Uh, we're actually going to shuffle the order up a little bit this week in terms of what we do and when we do it. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to move the goof of the week to uh, right now in the show. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the goof of the week. What a goof! <laughs> so this week's goof of the week, I feel like it's probably pretty obvious. It is the refing in the NHL right now. And I don't really have to set this up much for you guys other than... What do we think about the NHL referees, particularly in the Vegas Montreal series? Because that seems to be where most of the attention is, is getting directed towards. So how much money is Vegas paying the refs? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to go to Vegas and check like the betting yeah, boards. Uh, <laughs> Who's putting money on the refs? <laughs> th this refing has been a joke, an absolute joke. Terrible calls not being made. And then they're calling like little tiny hooks and stuff that they've been letting go the whole game. I think... Uh, I, I don't I don't know even who's refing or how much experience they have, but they really need to work on this. It's it's making the league look like an absolute joke. Yeah, I mean look at the like Corey Perry thing, right? Oh dude got his nose almost ripped off his face. Yeah, no, clean play. <laughs> or freaking Suzuki got punched in the face right in front of the ref. <laughs> yeah. Like the ref's looking at it. He's like and even went to put his arm up, you could see like his shoulder move. And he's like, nah, screw yeah. this guy. In <laughs> Vegas. Insane. Do you guys think that the refing's gotten better throughout the course of the series, or do you think it's gotten worse? Well, we've seen up to game five so far, and I think it hit its pinnacle of awfulness with the Corey Perry incident in overtime. And I guess you could say it's gotten better, but I really don't mean that as much of a compliment. I mean, when it's that awful to begin with, and the next game it's just not as awful... Yes, it's technically an improvement, but it's still hard to watch. I do have a theory, however, about this. Now, Gary Bettman took over as commissioner of the NHL 
in the middle of the 1994 season. Okay. Since then, a Canadian team has never won the Stanley Cup. Okay. Now, as a Canucks fan who was very invested in the 2011 team and also had a lot of issues with the officiating, as is well documented in that series, most of it going against Vancouver. And here we are watching a maybe less than profitable Montreal team that can't fill their building due to COVID. Uh, They have a smaller market than some of these bigger American cities. This close to the finals and suddenly they start getting shivved by the referees. I am not naive enough to believe that that is a coincidence. In the States, they're trying to grow hockey. Yeah. In all these smaller communities. And how they can do that is by bringing them the Stanley Cup. Bring these big (laughs) championships. Canadian kids are always going to play hockey. Yeah. You will never have an issue with a young kid not wanting to get out on the ice and skate. America, they just don't have that drive to want to do it. But if they see all these teams winning, they might be like, hey, let's play hockey. Especially in a city that has not been a traditional hockey market, such as Vegas, where they are just now starting these minor hockey programs that they didn't have before. Uh, Yeah, I would think the NHL is highly motivated to make sure that team succeeds. And maybe a team like Montreal that has a guaranteed fan base for the next 50 years anyway, they don't really care if they succeed or not. So, I don't know. That's just my take. Rigged. 100% rigged. I just find it weird that, like, they know that hockey is the biggest sport in Canada, and they could expand further in Canada if they wanted to, and they could grow the market. But instead, they aim to look at growing the teams in kind of less than desirable uh, cities in the States. Doesn't really make sense to me, but I guess now that they have, they kind of have no choice. Well, look at the Canadian dollar versus the American dollar too, right? Every dollar the Americans spend is like the Canadians only spending 75 cents. Rigged. <laughs> Fully agree. Fully agree. That yeah, it's I mean, rigged. it does make sense. Yeah. yeah. Tampa Bay is behind the whole conspiracy. Cheaters. So on the, on the topic of like weird conspiracy theories about the NHL and things like that, I actually wanted to look into something uh, throughout the course of this offseason because I noticed kind of like a bit of a pattern that I was curious about what you guys would think. So this offseason has been pretty well dominated by defensive oriented teams. And even last year, I don't know if you guys remember, Dallas made it to the final on the backs of like a really strong defensive effort and good goaltending. And so I wanted to take a look and see like if this offseason, that trend is kind of continued. And so what I did was I looked at all the final scores from round one, round two, and then what we've seen of round three. And I kind of took a look at like what those final scores looked like and how many games ended up with low scores. And what I found was pretty interesting. Um, In round one, we ended up with... Uh, just a ton of one goal games but low scoring one goal games as a matter of fact there were only seven games in the entire first round that had nine goals or more scored in them that was last year this year this this, year this year in round one which is might not sound like much but that's not a lot of games considering there was you know eight different series going on at the same time and a ton of teams playing and games where you know that's only five four or higher where in the regular season we end up with tons of games that have high scoring but you know this year the teams that have better defense uh better goaltending seem to be winning more games and those games seem to be happening more often as well that's just so weird because i don't see the nashville predators in the playoffs (laughs) it's just really weird that a team with the best goalie in nhl history and the best defensive core is just nowhere to be found if only uc sorrows was two inches taller (laughs) boys you can't keep riding that joke um, yes, we can. I feel like, <laughs> and we will. I feel like that joke is just going to go on to like yeah, die. Yeah. That's going to age like wine. <laughs> yeah, I, I put that in our Instagram right. bio. <laughs> I hope you're right. But no, like these these teams, they're just, they're building themselves around defense and that's how they're getting deep in the playoffs. But the point that I'm kind of working towards here is that it kind of makes for boring hockey to watch. You know, most of the games in the playoffs have ended 2-1. 3-2. Like, there have been something like 14 games end 3-2, which is crazy to me. There's so many games that end up low scoring. And a lot of people watch the playoffs for the most exciting hockey of the year. And instead, what they're getting is the most defensive battles of the year, which just isn't as exciting as these high-scoring, high-octane games. I agree. I mean, that's a big part of what made the Vegas-Colorado series so entertaining was those are teams that, while they do have good defense and goalies, they're both stacked on forwards, right? You have Nathan McKinnon, one of the most electrifying players in the game, 
versus the Vegas Golden Knights, which has one of the most electrifying top sixes in the game. It was fun to watch. But yeah, no, you, you're right. And, and we talked about this with Minnesota, too, when Tyler brought them up and about how much he hated them. And Garbage team. <laughs> but anyway, that's one of the things that makes them hateable, is it's such a defensive trap style of game. It's not as fun to watch. And I joked that the NHL needs to make like a rule against playing that way, but maybe that holds some water. Maybe the NHL really does need to implement some kind of whether it be uh, uh, adding an extra line on the ice somewhere that the defense can't cross back over or even eliminating a defensive coach making the teams play with one less defensive coach that will just expose more mistakes that they're making there's a few ways they could go about it but yeah the most entertaining games you can watch are high octane high offense games why don't we just take the pads away from the goalies <laughs> I'm like sure it would, field lacrosse. Yeah, I'm sure it would change Robert <laughs> Leonard's game. But oh my god, just stands there anyways. <laughs> He's a big enough guy. But yeah, like I think I actually agree with the fact that we need to change something in the game. There needs to be more scoring. You know, the game bigger ice surface, the bigger ice surface, bigger nets. Uh, like the goalies are so big. But the big thing for me that needs to change is the coaches need to not rely on neutral zone trap two, three, uh, uh, four checking systems. But how do you enforce that though? How do you make them not do that? Exactly. Like that's the problem, right? Like we don't know what needs to be done to make it so that, uh, the game can be sped up and, uh, adjusted for higher scoring, higher octane, uh, games. Yeah. It's interesting that you brought up bigger ice surface too, because does that statistically increase scoring on a bigger ice surface? There's more room for players to move. For um, Connor McDavid, it does. Right. You just skate around just everyone skate like he already everyone. does. But now he's got more room to do it. Why yeah, don't we put it in soccer nets? <laughs> Turn this yeah. game into a joke. Two goalies in the net. <laughs> yeah, and then the players can lay on the ground and cry after they get hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Just something that I've been thinking about for a while that I thought I would throw at you guys. Like, the scoring has just gone so far down and that defense has just dominated the playoffs now. And it's made games hard to watch. And I think that's also why people stop watching the playoffs after like the first round because there's a lot fewer teams and there's a lot more heavy reliance on defense. Anyway, should we uh, start talking about the uh, playoffs that are going on right now? We have two series that are going on. Game six was on Thursday by, between the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, to which we don't have the results from, so we won't be able to comment too much on that game. But going into that game, we will be able to give our opinions. Um, guys, do you think Montreal is going to take take this series, or do you think Vegas comes back and wins it in game seven? Montreal. Montreal is going to win. No-brainer. <laughs> Why? Because Vegas just doesn't look like they want to be here. The refing may want them here, but the players <laughs> yeah. look like they don't want to play. Like, the goalies are doing what they can to stop the puck, but there's no effort until, like, the last couple minutes when they have to. It just looks like they're coasting around. So, I want Montreal to win. They're going to win. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, think about, like, the, the scoring from the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Like, I think they have, like, five goals from their offense in total in this series. And we're in game six. It's just, it's it's crazy how they can't seem to get their offense going. And then you look at the defense, and, you know, Petrangelo's got a few goals already, and it seems to be getting all the offense. I think Petrangelo's been their best player by far this series, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, this offseason. Yeah, great pickup. <laughs> a little plug for the Blues there. <laughs> He's got bounced in four games. Yeah, let's just sign Tory Krug and let Petrangelo walk. <laughs> Pick up Mike Hoffman. Yeah, because Krug and Falk swap out for Petrangelo. That's, that's for sure. Well... I mean, I want Montreal to win, obviously, and I think they can. And I know you can say this about every team in the playoffs right now, but they have risen to every occasion so far. The difference with Montreal is they've been the underdog in every series they've been in so far. They continue to prove people wrong, and they show no signs of slowing down. They're handling themselves amazing against a team that most people thought would sweep them. I, as much as every part of my brain tells me that Vegas should win this series, they keep proving me wrong. The Montreal Canadiens keep proving me wrong. And I, I can't bet against them anymore. I just can't do it. This team looks like they want it. The one thing that I'm not totally sold on for the Canadiens is they don't really generate a lot of scoring. They're kind of one of those teams where they rely on their defense and goaltending and then they score a few goals and then just kind of sit on it. 
And but, I, I mean, that that has worked so far. Uh, it might just win them the series against Vegas. But if they go into the finals where they're playing against the Islanders, who play pretty much the same style, or Tampa, who is just like a juggernaut offensively, will they be able to continue this? Yes. I would say yes, because that's what everyone said when they went to play Vegas, right? They played Toronto. That was a high-octane offensive team. However, they always choke in games. <laughs> that's right. So it was a free pass. Then they played Winnipeg, who's a very defensively strong team. They managed to get by them. Now they're playing Vegas, which is another high-octane team. They're going to get by them. They've proven that they can beat both types of teams, both defensive and offensive. To me, it doesn't matter who they end up playing in the finals, whether it's New York or whether it's Tampa. They've proven that they can play and handle that style of game, whatever gets thrown at them. All right, so then what do you guys think about uh, the Tampa Bay Islander series? We're, we are going to a game seven now for sure. We know that. Um, as of the recording of this podcast, we don't yet know the result, but it will be really exciting to see which one of those two teams makes it out. So let me know, who do you guys think will win that series and how do you think they'll win it? I think Tampa Bay is going to win and I think they're going to win by cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but Nikita Kucherov is, uh, looks like he might be hurt. So, karma's a bitch. I was just going to say, how ironic is it that they're $18 million over the cap? About half of that is Nikita Kucherov. He's the one that had all the controversy because he was injured, uh, using air quotes there, uh, for the entire season, but was miraculously ready for game one of the playoffs, where he then became for quite a while the leading scorer in the NHL playoffs and whether or not he still is, I'm not sure. But how ironic is it that he is the one that is actually now injured, which according to the NHL cap hit, he has been this whole time anyway. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little bit of poetic justice there. Yeah. Well, we'll see for sure. Yeah. I think that Tampa Bay is going to win the game as well. Um, I, I hope they do because they're my, they're in my bracket and I have them winning the cup uh, against Vegas. Funny enough. Um, and uh, I just, I, 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 I can't believe the Islanders have kept up as much as they have, but it's funny how every close game seems to be going the Islanders' way. Uh, anyway. They got absolutely blown out the other day. Yeah, right? Like 8 <laughs> Blown nothing. out, and then they come back and win the next one in overtime? Yeah. yeah. I guess they woke up. I don't know. Anyway, um, that will probably take us into our break. Uh, so uh, stay with us, uh, and as soon as we get a quick break here, uh, we'll be right back. And uh, Marcus, if you want to give us uh, our fake sponsor, we'll be right back. Today's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by the Kia Soul. Much like the Islanders and Canadians rosters, they shouldn't work, yet you still see them on the road. Kia, success in its ugliest form. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the second half of the Vancouver Boys podcast. Uh, we're going to start the second half with some questions from our viewers in our inbox segment we like to do every week. And the first question that we have is, uh, what do you guys think Jem Benning will do with his tight cap restrictions this offseason? Well, to my knowledge, a buyout is imminent for Louis Erickson. Um, I'm still, I've been unable to find out exactly how much money this will save us off of our cap. But it will save us some. So that's going to be off. Um, Alex Edler, there's another probably $5 million off if we re-sign him at $1 million for, for the season. Uh, so there's another $5 million gone. Uh, we've got a few guys uh, who, whose cap hits are coming to an end. Jay Beagle might be on LTIR for the entire season. It, it looks like his career, unfortunately, might be over with a neck injury. Um, we do have some cap relief coming. Tie that with Hughes and Pedersen signing what's going to be most likely short-term deals. I think we'll be able to squeeze under, and we, we should be okay. Uh, but, yeah, Jim is going to have to do some gymnastics to get through this one. And he put himself in that situation. But do you think there's any room for him to sign free agents? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> he's going to buy out Erickson, and then he's going to give him a 6 by 6 
Here yeah. comes a six by six for Adler. <laughs> you think any gonna, Swedish player who shows up is going to get a six by six? You think he's going to buy you know out how to play hockey? You think he's going to buy out Ericsson just to re-sign him to the same contract? Yep. yep. <laughs> well, if sounds they, like a Benning thing to do. If they can make some room by maybe you know trading away, packaging some picks or prospects with some of our bad contracts and making enough room, he said he wants to add a top six winger, and there is one available that I feel like not a lot of people have talked about. Local boy from Burnaby. Jake, does that count as local? Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's local. Okay. Local boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has Horrible not idea. been offered yet by the Edmonton Oilers. He is a UFA. Experts are guessing that he's probably worth $6 million, but he's a UFA, so he's probably going to ask for 8 He'll probably land around the 7 mil per mark. What do you guys think about the Canucks going after him? Six by six? Not by six. Like maybe a seven by three or a seven by four. I think it's a horrible idea. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't think he's a good enough player to put on a line with any of... I don't think he would fit. No, no. Like he, just he's his not going to make your team anything, better. It's not... You don't think he'd make the team better? I don't I think don't, so at no. all. Well, think about it. Right now, he's it's not looking making like... Better. It's looking next year like our second line wingers are Hoaglander and... Tanner Pearson. What about Pod Colson? I think Pod Colson is going to be on the third line. So I'm saying if you slide, well, I shouldn't be asking this now, but does anyone remember what side Nugent Hopkins plays? He, he was a centerman. Yeah, mm -hmm. he can play center. But, but I think but he was sliding it on the left, so well, I mean, would be he, right he, where Pearson would be. Yeah, yeah. You, you, and Pearson is a third liner when Pearson's you really look at it. a fourth liner who makes too much. Yeah, I think, though, if... if if the Canucks have any hope in hell of signing Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it's going to be on a very friendly contract, which, will, like, other than the fact that he's from here, why would he sign a friendly contract to Vancouver when he could go, you know, live in Phoenix or L.A. and make more money and pay less taxes? It just it doesn't make sense to me why he would come here I at would, all. I would rather trade for Sam Reinhart and get Sam Reinhart on the team than have... Ryan Nugent Hawkins. Absolutely. I feel like he's I 100 be a agree. way more valuable piece. But, I I but then you're giving things up to get him. Well, that's all right. We we need to clear some cap space anyways. Yeah. But, but I would I, much I don't rather. Think, I don't think Buffalo's taking a cap dump in exchange for Reinhardt. Well, probably not, but they, they'd want a lot of picks and stuff, and I'm sure they would take a little bit of a cap dump because they're not going to go anywhere in one year or two years. Yeah, like I could see Tanner Pearson being part of, of that deal. Top players. Possibly. Which would be a pretty funny cap dump considering we signed him, what, three months ago now? Exactly, yeah. But, like, so he's not getting traded because he was just signed. But, yeah. like, I could see a deal working out where he gets signed. Or, he, sorry, he gets traded. I want Seth Jones. Let's just trade for Seth Jones and Patrick Laine. And Patrick Laine. Holy, yeah. what are we giving up? A lot. Yeah, we're giving, like, I'm thinking in exchange for Laine, what does Columbus ask for? Probably Besser? Yeah. And I, I am not trading Besser for Laine. From a Canucks perspective. So I don't see that deal happening. If you guys want to follow our TikTok account, uh, we are at Vancouver Boys Podcast. Uh, if you want to communicate with us more regularly, if you want to get involved with the show, if you want to ask us questions, if you want to participate in any of our polls, follow us on Instagram at the Vancouver Boys Podcast. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you enjoy the show and you want to be more involved, those are definitely the, the ways to get more involved with the show. And yeah, I don't think either one of these guys would seriously trade Besser for Line A. No. <laughs> I think that was just kind of like an I'm idea. Very, I'm very much against that. Yeah. I would not do that even, ever. Even if Line is a better player than Besser. The attitude. He, well, there's a ton of things, right? Like, for one, Besser has played enough here that it, he's probably used to the team, used to the atmosphere, used to the players he plays with. Trade so him. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Line A just doesn't fit in anywhere, it seems. I, I really think that guy's going to have a really rough career. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Besser is actually Pedersen's best friend as well. And I know some people don't look at that in the value as much, but I do. I think those kind of friendships and, and relationships, those make for chemistry on the ice. I wouldn't get rid of that. Now, is it Besser or is it Hughes? Or was it Stetcher? Because I'm pretty sure Stetcher and Besser were super close. Stetcher and Besser were close. They played in uh, North Dakota together. Uh, you, uh, Nodak, I think they call it. Okay. Um, they were close, but from, well, I'm not going to speak to who Besser's best friend is, but I can definitely tell you that on the team right now, Besser is Pedersen's best friend. 
I can tell you that for sure. That's been relatively well documented. Okay. Okay. Fair. Besser, Pedersen, Hughes, and Demko are all pretty tight. And yeah. that makes sense. You know, they're all North American guys, similar well, backgrounds. Funny, actually, age. three of them are American. Yeah. Demko, Hughes, and Besser are all American. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Petey's uh, from Sweden, so I'm yeah. definitely wrong. But Pretty much American. They're around, around the same age, right? And yeah. It makes sense. I would also think they probably have a lot in common, like being stupidly good at what they do. Yeah. They're, well, they're all pretty big names on the Canucks, so it makes sense. They're yeah. probably all going to be here for a long time. Oh, I would think so. I'd be shocked if any of those guys are gone within the next three years. Trade them all. GM Tyler. Yeah. Trade them. Rebuild. Yeah. Trading everyone for <laughs> Jay Beagle. Who we already own. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, at least it's not Marcus's idea to sell the team to the government. Look, it could work. <laughs> no, it can't. Yes, it could. <laughs> it could if they did it right. Yeah. But it's the government, so. <laughs> so they're not going to do it right. Probably not. Username Waz Vazin has a question for us. All right. Oh, snap. So in the 2019 draft, the Canucks passed on Cole Caulfield to select Vasily Podkolzin. Mm-hmm. What are our opinions on that? Well... Um, obviously Caulfield has been incredible, uh, for the Montreal Canadiens so far. Am I correct in saying that he's the one that actually couldn't do a pull-up at at the draft combine? Yes. I I thought so. Um, so there, there's a couple things surrounding him about his size. We already have a few players that are, you could call them undersized. We have Pedersen who's quite light on his feet. We have Hughes who's small. We, We have a few small guys. Um, and teams do get nervous when they end up accumulating too much of that. Caulfield is obviously an incredibly skilled player. Uh, he's been one of the best Canadians in the playoffs. I'm happy with Pod Colson, though. He had an okay year in Russia, but come playoff time, he kicked it into another gear. I'm really excited to see what he brings, but it's way too early to be calling uh, which player you should have drafted or not, as one has zero games of NHL experience and the other only has about four or five regular season games under their belt. So uh, j- jury's still out on that one, but I, I think they're both going to turn into very good players. And yeah, I hope Pod Colson's the better one. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, you don't really know what you're going to get 100% from Pod Colson, whereas obviously Caulfield looks really good. So it's one of those things. You just kind of have to wait and see. But I think Pod Colson's play style benefits the Canucks more than what Caulfield would bring to the table. So hopefully it all turns out well. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like the Canucks needs were different, right? The Canucks needs were more suited towards drafting Vasily Podkolzin. And also what a lot of people don't remember from that draft is Vasily Podkolzin actually dropped quite a bit to the Canucks, right? Like he was projected to go in the top five. And so when he was drafted by the Canucks at 10, uh, a lot of people were pretty taken back by how far he slipped in that draft. Well, one thing I, I got to bring up here, and my, my grandpa brings this up all the time, is that Russians often slip in the draft because there's always the underlying threat of them just going to the KHL. They might just decide they don't want to learn a new language. They don't want to live on the other side of the world when they can make not as much money, but still a lot of money playing at home. Uh, that's uh, Canucks fans. That's why we lost Nikita Tramkin is it was just an easy alternative for him. Russians will often slip in the draft for that reasons. GMs are afraid that they'll use that either in contract negotiations to get overpaid or just decide they don't feel like playing in the NHL. So, and, and they can use that if they get drafted high up, they can use that to leverage KHL teams in their own value. So yeah, again, I, I think pod Colson is still a great pick for us. And I think he's going to be a great player. So another question here, uh, what, who do you guys think that the Canucks will draft with their ninth overall pick? Ninth overall, I would take... He's not available. Jack Hughes <laughs> might be available. No, Jack Hughes definitely he will not be available because be Jack available. Hughes has already been drafted. Yeah, I think he went first overall. <laughs> I think Jack Last Hughes year. plays for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Okay. Okay. Idiot. <laughs> Whatever. Stupid. But Luke Hughes might be available. Oh, I literally just realized what I was doing wrong. Jack Hughes. Tyler spelled it out to you. Oh, my God. Uh, that's embarrassing. That can be an outtake on Canada Day. No, that's going to be left in for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Luke Hughes might be available in the draft, and I would take him. I will take Luke Hughes at ninth, where he will be available and on the board. No, I think Tyler and I are unanimous in who they should take at ninth. And Tyler, say it for me. Atu Ratty. There it is. That's who they're taking. If if they take him, I will. I'll flip out. I'm, oh, I'd be so excited to see him take too. Atu Ratty. We'll get you a jersey. Get you a Canucks Ratty jersey, dude. That'd be so cool. 
I'd love to have an Atsirati jersey. <laughs> they just like him because he's Finnish. <laughs> what do you guys think about Ken Johnson? If he's available, do you guys think the Canucks should uh, select Ken Johnson? Yes, absolutely. I, I think he's going to be a wonderful pick. I think he's going to turn out well and... Uh, Either him or Atu Ratti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, the questions are com- coming in flying uh, hot here. Cool. Another question from uh, one of our listeners. Love this question. What do you guys think about hockey flows? Hairstyles, my dude. Oh, hairstyles. <laughs> um, <laughs> all about the flow. I, I love it. I think the culture of flow in hockey is awesome. Yeah, oh, Jake's got a wicked flow for anyone that hasn't noticed. Jake's you guys, got an uh, unreal flow. <laughs> do you guys know about the Minnesota hockey tournament? And they have yeah, they yeah, ridiculous yeah. hairstyles. Yeah, the hockey oh, yeah. hair, yeah, love that. I mean, I, I always think for the most part, the longer the better. You can go too far with it. If you're looking for perfect hockey hair, look no further than number six, Brock the Flow Besser. <laughs> Beautiful hockey hair. If Marcus could grow his hair out, we're getting podcast bullets. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I can barely grow my hair at all. Have you seen this shit? <laughs> my hairline's like halfway to the back of my head no, now. No, no, um, Come on, man. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's not that bad. What is left, there is not much of. Okay. You could get a skullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just shave the top of your head. And I mean, I'll do that before <laughs> I go completely bald. Throw her out at the back end. I might, get, really I might do the cul-de-sac where you cut around <laughs> here. <laughs> the middle empty. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, we like hockey flow. We, I just can't grow one. Yeah. You got pretty good flow, too. Uh, it's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. I think if Vander Kane, or not a Vander Kane, Pat, Patrick Kane. <laughs> worst hockey flow ever. <laughs> Vander Kane has the worst Patrick Kane. But like Patrick Kane for me was like the pioneer of like hockey flow. Oh yeah. Because he was like the first. Yarmir Yager yeah, okay. was the pioneer of hockey flow. Yeah. Don't even get me started on Patrick <laughs> yeah. Kane. What but I, I, mean, I mean from like what, modern. what we were watching though. Yeah, like, like modern yeah. hockey. Yeah. Okay. We we're... never really watched. Yeah, technically Yager was still playing. Yeah, but he didn't have his crazy bullet at the end. No, I guess not. Well, he does now. He grew it back. But like, he he was like a guy with a mullet, whereas I think Patrick Kane was part of this like wave of new players who just (laughs) all had crazy hair. Patrick Kane was the kind of guy that's just gonna go crush a bunch of beers and do something completely stupid and then go get a bullet. Wait, Patrick Kane <laughs> doing something stupid after drinking? Yeah. Never. Couldn't, couldn't imagine, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um, Great question. Yeah, appreciate the question. We're not going to answer your next one. Because are you team Edward or are you team <laughs> Jacob? <laughs> team I'm Jake. I'm team Edward. What's going on? <laughs> okay, why? What's the next question? Just tell are us. You, for... Are you team Edward or are you team Jacob? Oh, that's actually what yeah, it was? that was the next question. Yeah. Which, there you go. Jake, Jake, Edward. Edward. Yeah. Eddie. Eduardo. Eddie. Anyway. Uh, I'm on team don't... Alexander Edler. <laughs> one for one. So, yeah, next question here also comes from a viewer. Um, who do you guys think the Canucks will lose in the expansion draft? Um, I still think it's going to be Braden Holtby. I've had people disagree with me on this, but... When you what people forget often is that expansion teams actually do have to meet a minimum cap hit as well, right? Um, Brayden Holtby, yes, he has a lot of cap, but they're building a team from nothing. They can work their way around that. He's one of the more competent goalies that go that is going to be exposed, and really their only other option that they could really take from us that could maybe become something is Zach McEwen. Uh, Tyler Mott looks like he's going to be protected now that the whole Jake Vertanen incident ha- has happened and is still technically ongoing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if I'm Seattle, I'm probably picking Braden Holtby. And for Canucks fans, I think that's probably a good thing for everyone. That was the plan when we signed him anyway. Yeah, I'm hoping they take Holtby. They're going to probably end up taking someone like Eric Carlson or Brett Burns from San you Jose. Think so? I, I think they're going to have so much cap to play around yeah. with that it makes sense. Yeah, and with hopefully, San Jose's contract situation, they're going to be able to put all of them out. Exactly, for, and hopefully one of them pans out for them. I guess it's just a, they're throwing out a line and hoping it, it catches. Kind of how Vegas had a bunch of players that weren't playing their best or yeah, or whatever, and, and now they're a cornerstone team. And every so, team needs leadership too, right? Exactly. Like bringing those vet leaders. Like think about in Vegas' first year, James Neal. 
You know, he came in from a team that has was fresh off of a uh, Stanley Cup appearance. Were they? Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> but then he brought that team right back. And obviously his career kind of fell off after that. But it was like this, you know, bit of a revival for him when he went there. And he had a bit of a bigger cap hit, but then he was leading the team. And I can definitely see Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, um, guys like that. Even uh, like Mark Edward Vlasic, if they want to pick up somebody like that from San Jose. The real deal, James Neal. <laughs> what about Phil the Thrill? You think they should go after Phil the Thrill would never be <laughs> exposed. Who else does Arizona even have to pr- protect, right? Check like, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like they're they're gonna they're not gonna expose Phil. Anyway, uh, we can move on now. I actually wanted to talk a bit about the New York Islanders fans and what happened after their most recent win. True. Yeah. Uh, after Game Six, when they won in overtime, uh, the ice surface was littered with beer cans, some full, some not so full. Um, and they were absolutely torched for this online. Hockey Twitter, hockey Instagram were lit up with people saying how classless this was and how awful it was that they would do this. And I was really watching this thinking, why? What makes it so bad? They won the game. It In was overtime. It was celebratory, right? You throw hats on the ice when a player gets a hat trick. You don't go, why would they do that? They did it because they got a hat trick. They were excited. They had something that they could throw and they threw it, right? Uh, Nashville, I think, throws some type of aquatic animal <laughs> on the ice. Okay, well, they throw a catfish they during the playoffs. They throw a catfish <laughs> on the ice. You know why they do that? To piss off PETA? No, because <laughs> Na- Nashville's a bunch of catfishes. They make you think like they're good, but they're <laughs> really not. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> okay. Um, well... Um, anyway, but no one thinks that's awful. Detroit has their octopus. P- places have things that they do. And I get maybe beer cans aren't aesthetically pleasing to look at, but neither is a fish carcass. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> why is it, it? It seems to always be the Islanders fans. Everyone loves to jump on them for being classless. I really don't think they are. I think people just love hating on them. Well, uh, people love to hate on that part of New York, right? Exactly. <laughs> but... I, I don't know, man. I, I saw it, and I saw nothing wrong with it. I was fine with it. <laughs> it just makes sense that people there throw beer cans on Throwing the ice instead of anything else. Not empty beer cans is alcohol abuse. <laughs> yeah, party foul. You paid like $30 for that drink, man. Come on, finish it. I thought it was, it was more classless to see the New York Islanders fan leaning over the railings and screaming at the Tampa Bay players as they left the ice. You're not that guy, bud. You're not that guy. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Love that video. Yeah. I, like in the regular season, I'd call that classless. The game before an elimination game and you're trying to get in their heads. No, I'm doing it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, and like this year more than any other, getting the fans involved in any way they can. It's just, it's so nice to see and bring him back the game, you know? Yeah. I'm really excited for next year. Vancouver's announced that we should be able to do full sellout crowds by September. I'm so excited to go back. I mean, I'm, I'm a partial season ticket holder. I miss the games. That was a big part of my life. I yeah. cannot wait to get back there and go with some good friends. Yeah. If anyone has any friends out there, I'd uh, <laughs> love to meet them because I, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah. I, guess I can't think of anyone who I share a common interest of hockey with. So yeah, and I think it'd be a lot of fun if what you is guys. Hockey? <laughs> <laughs> if, if if any of you guys uh, plan on going to games, uh, link up with us. You know, message us on our Instagram, and maybe we can meet up at the game and uh, chat with you guys, get some of your opinions, and then we can share those on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, Jake's buying beer too. Yeah. Unless you're underage. Yeah, no, yeah. I won't buy you liquor if you're underage. In fact, if you're underage, don't meet us at all. I think we could get arrested <laughs> yeah. for that. Yeah, no, we don't want to meet you if you're underage. <laughs> but we uh, appreciate the support for the team. Yeah. Another great question here from a viewer. If the Canucks had the choice between Travis Green, Alex Burrows, and Manny Melholtra, and they could only have one as the head coach of the team, who would they have and why? Travis Green because he has NHL head coach experience. Look, like like down the road, not a doubt in my mind that Alex Burrows will be a head coach, and I feel like he'll be a really good one. 
he made his reputation off of actually not being the most skilled player, but he could read what the Sedins were doing so well that he fit in with them and he excelled with them. He's good at analyzing and executing. And that's what a head coach needs to be able to do. I feel like in time, he will be really good at that. But at the present moment, the best actual coach is Travis Green. It's simply based on experience. He's been the head coach at the AHL level, the NHL level, and he's done really well at both. Uh, I'm going with Travis Green. I'm going with Alex Burrows because Travis Green is a bad coach. Really? Yep. Care to elaborate? I just feel like he's never really had to coach. In situations where he actually has to do something or whatever, he doesn't. He just literally plays four lines over and over and over again. He, he doesn't really load up. Obviously, he'll put Horvat, Pedersen, and whoever out together. Besser. The, the very rare time. But in like actual coaching situations, he does. He's never really been tested. Never really had to do anything, because he's always been on a team where it's like we're not expected to make the playoffs. So I'm just here, literally running lines. But one of those years where we weren't expected to make the playoffs, we pushed Vegas to Game Seven of the second round. Demko pushed Vegas. Vancouver had no business. They, they were playing like trash. Like Vegas was the better team. They were. Demko is the only reason we... But people thought we weren't even going to get by Minnesota. And then we knocked off the defending cup champions. And then we almost knocked off Vegas in seven. Demko. 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 Should have got a six by six. (laughs) I don't know. I I like green. Just sign the whole team to six by sixes. Fourth line player, six by six. (laughs) Healthy scratch, six by six. (laughs) Tallest player in the NHL, six, six by six. six. <laughs> yeah, I can see where you're coming from, though, right? Like, Travis Green really hasn't had to prove himself yet, you know? And some would argue that he just puts out the best players for the best situations, but, like, I haven't seen him win games the way that I've seen Barry Trotz win games, you know? Like, you can tell that Barry Trotz has coached that team to win games. Granted, it's a way that we all agree we don't enjoy watching to win games, but, but that's wins how wins. he wins games, right? It doesn't look like Travis Green's really left his thumbprint on this team. Well, look at Barry Trotz when he coached Washington. They were not a neutral zone trap team. Exactly. He looked at the team, he looked at the players he had, and he made a game plan based off of what he had around him. Yeah. So, And that's actually why, for this question, I would take it in the direction of Manny Malhotra. I think that Manny Malhotra is a very um, intelligent offensive coach. And I think that in time, this Canucks team will grow to realize their biggest strength is their offense. They have very offensive-minded players. And this could be a little bit too wishful of a thought, but I think that in time, they'll be able to ride Thatcher Demko the way that the Montreal Canadiens are riding Carey Price right now. We've already ridden exactly, and are right? currently riding Thatcher Demko. Exactly. And I think that in, in the future, they can win games by scoring a ton of goals and having Thatcher Demko steal games for them. And so I think that if Manny Malhotra were to get involved, coach the team, and really kind of lean into that offensive part of the game, um, they could they could lead themselves in a really cool direction. And it could be a really fun team to watch. And for the first time in my life, I'd be really excited to watch every Canucks game because you never know who's going to score the next hat trick or how many goals they're going to pot in a night, which I think is a big reason why people started liking the Leafs when they, la- when they drafted uh, Matthews and Marner and Nylander because they were like, wow, they've got a lot of offensive weapons now. They're a lot more interesting to watch now than when they had Joffrey Lupel and, you know, whoa, and, whoa, 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 and whoa. Dion Phaneuf. I love Joff. <laughs> Joffrey, I love you. And Dion Phaneuf, right? Like, I just think. What if I don't sorry. love you? <laughs> and they would never lose a face-off, like, ever. <laughs> yeah, Manny yeah, Mara right. Ultra. Is, exactly. Yeah. I think they would be such a fun team to watch if he was coach. But anyway, we should move on. What needs to improve more in the short term and in the long term? The offense or the defense? Um... Well, if we're talking about winning a Stanley Cup, both, a lot, I would say the defense is in more dire need right now. Our defense is not good. It's just not. Uh, Quinn Hughes is a forward that we've plunked on the blue line. Uh, He's playing with Hamannick, who's okay defensively, but they don't have the chemistry that Tanev had with Hughes. 
we're literally bringing back 35 year old Alex Edler probably <laughs> because we just can't find anything else. Tyler Myers is our highest paid defenseman as of present. And I have a lot of issues with that. Jack Rathbone is coming up and he looks like he's going to be a great player. But again, he's offensive minded. We need more steady defensive defensemen and less Tyler Myers's who are branded as defensive defensemen who are just tall, lanky people on skates. I'd love to see the Canucks grow their defense through the prospects that they have. But that's also, like I said, wishful thinking because you're just hoping for them to pan out. Like, I think Jet Wu is an awesome prospect. Jack Rathbone is a great prospect. But, like, I'm looking at teams that are that have come this far. Like, I'm thinking about the Islanders with um, Pollock and Pellick. Like, those beasts. guys are great, right? Absolute beasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, if the Canucks... Absolute rippers. Yeah. Like, if the Canucks tried to model their defense after that, I think that would be a huge help for them. I agree. Uh, obviously, the offense needs help, too. But the defense is in a worse situation right now. So... Short-term, defense needs more help. Long-term, you have to work on the offense, too, because we need more high-end wingers than what we have right now. Uh, Offensively, I actually think they're set up pretty well. Assuming that, like, JT Miller doesn't regress uh, at too rapid of a pace, you can still have him as a vet and a leader on the team. And then, you know, he can slide deeper into the roster as this team reaches their prime. Um, And then you can now have a really deep team as well as a really talented team. And then I think obviously they're going to need to make some trades. Like I can't remember the last time this team made a trade that brought in a really impactful player, except for like JT Miller, which at the time most people looked at as a terrible trade because it was a rebuilding team that moved a first round pick for a third liner. He was a third liner in Tampa. Yeah. So there's also a cap dump. Yeah, that's right. He was a cap dump from Tampa, which, you know, they could use a bit more of that cap dump. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe the Canucks can go back to the well there, try to pluck one of the uh, players out of Tampa, maybe like Kalorn, Braden Point, <coughs> Sorelli. They're not going to get Braden Point. <laughs> I think they need to spend a little less money on their bottom six and use that money towards rounding out their top six. Genius. I know, right? I should almost be the GM. Man, it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, like in, maybe uh, not spend so much money on our bottom <laughs> three defense. On, but on a successful team, what does your bottom six look like? Like, where do those players come from in your bottom six? Well, you need your players like your bots. You need your players like your bots, your beagles, and all that. But you can't overpay for them. Okay, so they have the right players. They're just devoting too much cap for them. Yeah, and they have players on their top six that could easily be a nice fit towards their bottom six if they weren't paying them so much, like Tanner Pearson. Okay. Yeah. He would be a great third-line player for Vancouver. Oh, yeah. At $2 million mm-hmm. or $2.2 million, mm-hmm. not $3.2 million. So... And you already look at guys like Brandon Sutter who are overpaid, but to my knowledge, the Canucks are heavily considering bringing them back just at a cheaper cap hit. They're not bad at their roles. They're just heavily overpaid. So if we if we don't pay, say, enough, or if we take money away from some of these bottom six players, we could use that money towards getting another really nice piece to round out that top six or to help our young guys over the next few years. So... What do you guys think about Jonah Gadjevich? Do you think he's a player that could fit into the bottom six? Or do you think he's a guy that they could use to move to bring in a player that might better suit that bottom six? I think, honestly, I think he's going to peak as a fourth liner. But I think he will be a very good fourth liner. And I think in a pinch you could use him on the third line. But I like his play. He's physical. He needs to bring his skating up a little bit. But his puck handling's quite good. He's got a little bit of a scoring touch. I think he is the perfect fourth liner for us if he progresses the way I think he's going to. Yeah, no, I agree 100% with that. The play style he plays with is fitting for the fourth line. Like Marcus said, you could use him in the third if you you had to. But definitely a fourth line guy, and I don't think you're going to be able to trade for something like that at maybe the price we could get him for for the long term. Well, that's just it. He was brought up in our prospect system. I think we could get him on a relatively cheap deal. Um, yeah, I, I think the Canucks uh, 
would be smart to see where they can go with him. Oh. Would you look at the time? It's totally gotten away from me. Oh, look at that. It has. It has, yeah. It almost it almost looks like it's uh it's time for, for Tyler's surprise, surprise headline. headline. <laughs> It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It might make you get eaten and spat out by a humpback whale. It's Tyler's surprise headline. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> all right. Here we go. You guys are all familiar with Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon? Yes. Rapper, actor. <laughs> Whatever he is, because he does it all. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> host of... Certified host, guy. Host of America's Got Talent. And parent, fired. <laughs> parent of seven... Parent of seven? Yes, really? seven children. Holy Jesus. Are they all with Mariah Carey? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Nick Cannon yeah. just had twins. <laughs> A week after having twins, another girl's pregnant with <laughs> Nick Cannon's baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Number seven is on the way. So, wait, he... Okay, so he had he had twins last week. And then just announced that he got another girl pregnant. <laughs> wow. Dude, they're going to have so much fun with this on Wild and Out. <laughs> oh, my God. That's too many children. I, I'll tell you, I lived in a house with five. It was me and four, two sisters, two stepsisters, and my dad and my stepmom. Nightmare. <laughs> too many people. And we had a big house. We all had our own bedrooms, which... Doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about the fact that there were seven people living there, that's a lot. It's too many people. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, how much child support does this man have to pay? Oh, yeah. my. Because I'm pretty sure there's, like, six different mothers. Oh, yeah. Maybe seven. Because <laughs> it's, it's well, a, if two of them are twins, I don't well, think there's going to be seven. But sorry, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, I think there's six different mothers for sure. Yeah, no, those checks from Wild and Out must be uh, pretty big. I don't then. think he's on there anymore. I thought he like created the show. I thought so too, but I'm pretty sure they kicked him off. And he, he's also he too many kids. Yeah, go home. Go home. Can't pay your child support. Get out of here. He was also um, a host for The Masked Singer. Oh, was he? And he's no longer doing that either. So, the man is homeless. <laughs> yeah, Twenty million a month with child support, probably. Jesus Christ, man! For his Not seven to mention kids, the alimony man. for any yeah. of those other women. But jeez, uh, man, that that just goes to show the uh, you know the narrative of the rappers getting around. Well, yeah, Nick Cannon, you're not really come on, man. <laughs> You're not really helping anyone's case like, here. Slow her down a yeah. little bit. Don't eh? be, don't yeah. be silly. Wrap you're, your willy. Yeah, you're gonna have your own basketball team soon. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> basketball team. Oh man, yeah. point guard. I think yeah. one of them's name is Zion. Really? Yeah. So Zion Cannon. That's a crazy yep. name. Zion That's and wicked. Zillion. Zion and Zion. Those Zion must Cannon. be the twins. Those yeah. have to be they the are. twins. Yeah. Zion <laughs> dishes over to Zillion for Zillion. the three. Zillion Cannon. That's a great name. <laughs> Zion Cannon sounds like a quarterback. You know? Zion Cannon? Yeah. Does anything with the last name Cannon? Well, you know, he's got a cannon, cannon of an arm, yeah. Yeah. Zion Cannon. But I could see him being like the backup for the Bills. <laughs> he's not a starter. <laughs> you think you think with Nick Cannon's build, they're building a quarterback? Yeah, maybe maybe no. if that baby's 100% Mariah Carey. <laughs> Yeah, 100% Mariah Carey's jeans. Oh, that's a linebacker if I've ever seen one. That's like you've seen grown-ups where they're, the kids are, the girls are coming out that are the the guy's daughters and they're super hot. Yeah. And I think it's Adam Sandler's like, it's going to be like 95% the mom. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, then, yeah, and then the like ugly girl comes out. And goes, yeah, hey, ah, that's the one. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It must be. Hey. Yeah, yeah if, the kid, if, if the kid, Nick Cannon's kid made it to the NFL, it would be as a kicker and nothing else. Oh, 100%. <laughs> really? He'd have those, like, big glasses on. Like, you know. <laughs> big glasses? What are you talking about? Yeah, like like the, bubbles? <laughs> like bubble like glasses? Bubbles. <laughs> you see a scrawny little kid that was bullied his whole life. Yeah. And then he's a kicker in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> and his last name's Cannon. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, cannon of a leg, you know. <laughs> cannon you know. of a leg, sure. <laughs> that's great, man. <laughs> 
as usual, best part of the show is Tyler's surprise headline. Yeah, always stick around to the end, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, that should put a cap on this uh, this week's episode. Um, again, uh, tune back in next week for a very special episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast. Um, it will be the Canada Day special, and we've got some things in store for you guys to check out there. And even more exciting, a few weeks from now, we will be in a new studio and we're going to try out some uh, some video options. So uh, in the not too distant future, we may have some video options for you guys to check out as well. So you can check us out actually on YouTube. We have a new Vancouver Boys Clips channel. And uh, if you're a fan of the show, then you might recognize some clips that are on there. And uh, we're hoping to uh, add to that in the future as well. Yeah, we're really trying to hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So please, By next week. Yeah, so yeah. please subscribe. I want the big plaque thing. Yeah, so. I want the plaque. <laughs> we're going to melt it down for the metal it's worth. Yeah, and then we're going to ask them if they can send it in wood. <laughs> yeah, in lumber. Sell the wood. Send us a wood plaque. Yeah. yeah. We're not getting any sponsors, so we just want to sell the wood, please. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us again. Uh, I am Jake. This is Marcus and Tyler. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. (laughs) 